This episode is sponsored by Fortinet and their security fabric for retail, enabling robust networking, enterprise security, and centralized management without sacrificing efficiency or quality of experience. Learn more by going to fortinet.com forward slash retail. And thanks to Fortinet, from now on until August 18th, we are running a contest for a huge prize package. As a matter of fact, we will be choosing not one, but two winners for this contest. To learn more and to enter, visit skipkimple.com forward slash contest or visit any of my social media channels. You can earn entries every single day. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and start getting your entries in now. You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast, episode number eight, July 28th, 2020. Off-premise strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? Drive-through or curbside, mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu, cooking up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with the tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Once again, this is your host, Skip, and I am your tech chef for today. We are continuing on with yet another great vendor in this whole contactless payment segment. And I had the pleasure of spending about 30 minutes with Tim from uh, TableSafe, and I don't want to give anything away up front and really want to get into the content of this show because he has great insight, not only with table-side payments, but payments in general as we talk a little bit about interchange rates and, you know, there's certain contactless payment types out there that are costing you more money and you might not even know it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Joining me today, we have Tim Lockhart, who is the National Sales Director for TableSafe. Now, Tim Lockhart has been, uh, he spent actually over 23 years in the hospitality technology industry, mostly selling POS systems to restaurants. And Tim and I met several years ago while I was evaluating the, the uh, TableSafe product for a company I was working for at the time. And I had been recommended to basically test this product out from several large companies, as well as a private equity firm that was really sold on his technology. Now, if you've dined out at all in the past, over the past couple of years, actually, uh, chances are that you've actually used a table safe payment device at one point in time. Tim, welcome to the show. And uh, first of all, I'd like to ask you, you know, tell me a little bit about your background and how you ended up at table safe. Hey, Skip, thanks. I really appreciate you allowing me to join you. And I'm really uh, excited to talk to you today about uh, table safe and then also just the industry. So thanks again. Um, so yeah, TableSafe is a, is a great, you know, I, again, you mentioned uh, on my uh, bio that I spent a lot of time in POS. So I've got a lot of experience in POS and I still consider myself a recovering POS sales guy. Uh, I have moved on to uh, payments as well. Spent about 10 years in payments and um, kind of actually forced my way into TableSafe. Um, saw the product uh, trade show, thought it was the best thing since sliced bread, uh, forced them to hire me. And here I am. A couple of years later, and uh, with uh, great success and, and a lot of hard work, we're trying to get tables safe on the map. Well, I think that's an important point. What you just mentioned is that you, you forced them to hire you. Obviously, you were <laughs> extremely interested in this company and their product. Uh, maybe you can start off by talking about you know what the base product is 
Um, the one that you really introduced to me at the time, and then maybe we'll go into some of the uh, product development history of how TableSafe came to be. Sure, sure. So TableSafe is a uh, what we call a leave-behind payment device. And the difference between our device and pretty much all others out there is that ours is built and patented to be left behind and look like a check presenter that is a customer sees today. Uh, what what TableSafe's vision in this in this space is that we see that um, that there's a lot of hardware being thrown at customers, and um, I just don't think the customer's ready for that. So our vision is that we would provide a, a device that the customer can make their own payment in about a minute, freeing up the server from being in the payment business at, at any time, and then actually extending the life of the POS system because we're going to bring in all the future payment needs. Uh, for the POS as things change. And so we're we're excited to do that. We think we've got the right philosophy. Um, and, and there's some other things like efficiencies that are gained by the fact that you're not um, hovering over a guest or even when somebody has an all-in-one device that they think is the best thing since sliced bed. But we believe that that actually creates inefficiencies and um, and so that's our sales goal. That's our, our mission to scream from the top of the mountain that uh, TableSafe is the best pay-to-table device because we separate ordering and payments and give it more efficiency. So how did TableSafe come to be? The founders of the company, I don't know a lot about them, but where did this evolve from? Yeah, so there was a, uh, uh, many years ago, and I would say five plus years ago, uh, this came to about, about with a, with a vision of a, of a person who looked at the same thing I just talked about, look, look at a check presenter, we can make it, they patented the portfolio. That person is no longer involved with the company, but we've moved, we moved into the second generation, which you've seen today. Uh, the first generation did not have EMV. The, the first generation was just a table turn machine and, and an efficiency machine. And now this device that you've seen that I presented and, uh, and what will go forward is you know, adding EMV and we're adding obviously touchless. We'll talk about that a little bit, but we're adding all these things that we try to future-proof the device so that, you know, whether whatever is going to come forward in payments, that TableSafe will be able to handle that, freeing up the server and the POS from all that. That's that's our vision again. Well, I do have to say, you know, the first time I used your product, and I think it was at an Uncle Julio's, and I was extremely impressed with how easy it was. Now, I've used, like you said, competitive products before, and when it's dropped on the table, usually the server hangs around to explain the process. But with the TableSafe device, I've never experienced any type of confusion whatsoever. It is very simple, and I have one particular story to share with you. I believe I've I've done that uh, with you in private, but I'll share it here on, on the podcast. I took my father, who is um, 78 years old, also to Uncle Julio's, and when it time to, to uh, pay the came time to pay the check, um, I wasn't going to let him pay, but he insisted. So he actually grabbed the table safe device. He didn't realize it was an electronic device; it just looked like a, a folio device. And I was I just sat back and I, I took it all in and I watched. Um, he he's not super computer literate, um, certainly with this brand new technology like like table safe. But I'll tell you what, he flawlessly went through it. And at the end of the transaction, he smiled and he goes, I like that. That's a great story. I have heard you tell me that story before. And just, I have used it in sales uh, demonstration and, and, and presentations. So I appreciate the story. It's a great story. <laughs> but it is true. Our, our device is easy to use. 
And, you know, customers today are used to making their own payments, whether you're grandma, grandpa, or, you know, a 14 year old, uh, everywhere you go, whether it's retail, um, a retail location, you're going to use a, a device that you make your own payment. The only place that anybody takes the card out of your hand is a restaurant in the United States. And we're trying to change that. So I had just mentioned the ease of use. What are some of your other uh, competitive differences? Well, again, we have the patent folio. So the, we're the only device that can be closed like, like it does and, and left behind. We also, because the tip is also added in by the customer, um, you know, the, the server is not in the payment business anymore and they're not going back to the terminal after the fact and entering tips or even losing their tip because of the tip was put in correctly or, or the wrong tip or the wrong card and all the payment related issues. So there's a lot of efficiency on the server size and that adds to payroll. And because um, we also allow you to drop this device and the customer makes their payment in about a minute, we're actually seeing customers who have given us their numbers saying they're getting about, they're getting a table turn savings in time. And so that table turn savings in time allows them to actually see one more section or one more table turn uh, per shift and that's adding to like almost a 5% increase in revenue. So we're increasing your revenue. We're getting rid of the paper. We're allowing you to capture emails. Um, all the things that customers, uh, that restaurants don't want to deal with as far as paper and, 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 and what customers don't want to deal with is waiting for servers to get, go back and forth to terminals, making payments, and then just the security of them, card leaving your hand. We solve all those problems with TableSafe. So those that aren't familiar with your device, talk about the indicator lights on the TableSafe device itself, because I think those are pretty cool. And they're, you know, to a guest, they really don't notice anything. But talk me through those indicator lights and how it relates to a server and how they know when a transaction is complete. That's a great question. So the indicator lights are unique to our system. Um, You know, we do integrate um, fully with the POS system. So we close the checkout uh, for credit card processing uh, customers automatically. So the check is closed out. And to, to identify that and let the server know with nonverbal communication, we have lights on our devices. So if a light turns green, that means green means go. Customer is paid. So this nonverbal communication works for many people in the restaurant, not just the server. So the server does know, of course. Uh, the the busboy now knows that that table's paid and they're getting geared up. Uh, the server knows, of course, and then the manager knows. But then the hostess can see the lights on that device as well and say, oh, that table's paid. They're going to be coming ready, available. So all the nonverbal communication that goes on with those lights. And then we also have lights that signify, hey, the customer needs a printed check, and we handle that as well. And then we also have lights that show a customer who wants to pay with cash, who has paid with cash. And now that server is alerted to the fact that the, the device has cash in it or the, they need to come back to the table to make change. So th- these are, and then one more light, that's a red light in case they need assistance. And so um, we have all these things built in, they're nonverbal communication so that we can help the restaurant be more efficient. So obviously you're talking about closing out checks and the POS, it's obviously integrated with the POS. Maybe you can talk about that, uh, which POS systems you're integrated with, and maybe talk a little bit about the technology side as far as um, the table safe agent. Is it native? Is it going through some other third party service? Maybe you can just speak more to that. Sure. So currently today we integrate to Aloha, Micros 3700, and Symphony now. Um, we Dinerware, Squirrel, Posi Touch, and Focus. 
and and we are willing to talk to other pop, uh, POS companies to add integration. And how we add integration is we think that client should be local. Um, a lot of our competition use uh, a, a third-party cloud integration, and we just don't think that's the right thing because that's we think payments are mission critical. And so talking directly with the POS, uh, we don't have to worry about the internet getting in the way or having a blip or a, any kind of disconnection. So we're still talking to the POS even if the internet is out. And so we think that is the best solution for the mission critical uh, process of closing out a check and getting a payment done. Uh, we do have some cloud connections as far as reporting and, and back office management. So we use the cloud, but that is not typically a mission critical environment. Um, so we think that the, the local connection is the best thing. And that's how we connect to all of our POS. Perfect. Makes total sense. Now you have come a long ways with this product. It's pretty cool. Maybe you can start talking about, you know, some of the uh, vision of Table Safe and some of the great new features that you introduced to me recently. Sure. So, you know, with the uh, COVID uh, pandemic, uh, a lot of people are looking at other ways to pay than touching th- something. And so we we have uh, always had NFC built in our device, and that allows people to do the contactless payments. But I think um, what we run into is people who uh, the industry term is called contactless, and that is the NFC payment version of contactless, but that doesn't mean you're still not touching the device. And so I think that's confusion for the for the consumers out there. Uh, even in retail, when you say, I'm going to pay with uh, Apple Pay or your wallet of some sort on your phone, they still ask you crazy questions. How do you want your receipt? Uh, do you want cash back? Or there's something else that still makes you touch the terminal. And that happens also in the in the restaurant world where even if I wanted to use my contactless wallet, and I did want to use that, I would still have to ask about my tip and touch something or maybe my, my printing or my receipt options, or maybe I need to put my email in to send myself. So you're still touching the device. What we believe is we're going to skip the contactless. Um, that's going to be like a leapfrog over that technology. And we're going to what we call touchless, which uses a QR code instead of the NFC that's built in our device. Yeah, so the-, the QR code will... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, let's let's talk about that a little bit further, because as you know, this whole series we're doing here is about contest, t- contactless payments. And um, obviously the biggest question is, and that the biggest struggle that we have at our restaurants is the tip piece of it and touching the terminal. So I'm very anxious to hear about how you solve for that. So we solve that by putting a QR code on our screen. So the customer has two options and they make the option themselves instead of the restaurant deciding how they're going to pay, the customer can decide how they're going to pay. So I can drop my device at the table. They can decide, the customer says, listen, I don't have a problem touching the device. I can go through the normal payment process, go through all my screens, put my tip in and move on. But if they're, if they're, if they're cautious about touching the device and they don't want to touch anything on the device, we give them the option to um, pu- pull out their phone and scan a QR code, which then they will go through on a web-based version they don't need to have an app. They don't need to download anything that goes right through our system. But the screens on the web base look just like the screens that are on our device. The same information is being collected. The, the, the check is still being closed out in the POS, even though you're paying on your phone. We're still getting the alerts. The light still turns on on the device. But I paid with my phone. I never touched the device. And I feel if that's the way you want to go about it, you can make that payment, whether it's with the device or on a QR code on your phone. So earlier you had talked about, you know, guest adoption of the pay at the table solution, 
but how is the adoption rate with the QR codes? I've heard mixed stories about that, um, especially with some of the older generation. They just don't know what to do with that QR code. Yeah, so you're correct about that. That is a customer's choice to how to pay and how they want to pay and how they feel comfortable paying. We believe that that, that percentage is right around the 20% mark. And that's just some feedback that we're getting from our customers that are used other products and that are looking for maybe a solution like ours because they're really trying to capture the 80%, not the 20%. But so we do give the ability to do both. We think that's somewhere around that 20%. And it depends on the, the, the concept. So if it's a finer dining restaurant, it may be around that or lower. If it's a fast casual well, restaurant that's a little more hip and there's more younger people coming in, it might be higher. But in that range is what we're seeing in that in the, the adoption. So tell us a little bit, if somebody wants to see your product actually in action, if you're in a state or an area where you can actually go to a restaurant right now, uh, give me some right. examples of restaurants where you can actually go to and see this. Well, you, you mentioned Uncle Julio's. We have 50 plus locations of Uncle Julio's and, and they're mostly in the Southwest and Southeast. And they've, um, they do a really good job with our product and they use it in more, more ways than just, um, just taking payment. They actually use our survey data to better manage their restaurants. I can go into that later on another other podcast if we want to do that. But we have Snooze, which is a fast-growing concept. It's a breakfast concept. We have some Landry's concept, like for Mastro's. We have high-end steakhouses. We have fast casual restaurants. We, we have a, a, a big, broad swath. We even have bars and restaurants that are combined and even busy bars. Um, like if you're in Panama City, Pineapple Willie's, they have 45 um, uh devices on property for them because they're so large and they're mostly bars. So depending on how you want to operate it, we have it in hotels. And so there's multiple concepts and we're in a number of national brands like Landry's and, and, and Fogo to Child's. And we just signed a new customer uh, in Nobu and they're starting their first pilot in Chicago this week. So we're excited about that. How do you determine, I'm sure you have a formula for this, but how do you determine um, how many devices you would need for your particular restaurant? That's a great question. So that's a, a typical question we come through on our on our presentation for sales. And because our device can be drop one per table, or I can drop multiples. Let's say we all want to split checks, and it's three of us. I can bring three devices to the table. So in that calculation, we want to make sure you have enough units to be able to to bring multiples to the table. So we usually say on your busiest night, how many bartenders and servers do you have on? We take that number and we multiply it by 1.2. So if they said, listen, we have 10, we have 10 servers on, and and, and maybe a bartender or two, I would say, listen, you would need 15 units or something like that. So. And our typical restaurant average is 15 units. We have some that use 10 and some that use more, but our average is about uh, about 15. Okay, that will give people a better idea. I know when we were evaluating it, that was a big question for us, you know, with the ROI. But speaking of ROI, a big piece for us during the evaluation process was the survey piece that you just mentioned. Uh, let's Let's just, for a few moments, just delve into that a little bit. So great. So the survey is not just a, a nice little half, uh, like little question. And we ask three questions. The first question we ask is, "How was your overall dining experience?" And they can give us a rating for, um, you know, a good, fair, poor, excellent. Um, but the cool thing about this is that we're actually tracking this back to the server and back to the and back to many data points with manager alerts. So we're able to alert the server or the manager or somebody, the hostess, somebody in the front of the house to say that table just gave you a poor rating because everybody would want to know if they got a poor rating. 
What that does is I've got customers coming who tell me my social media has never been as clean because we're catching the guests before they walk out the door, before they have to get on the keyboard, and then before they complain. So the social media is is um, is very clean at that point. With those questions, we're also asking questions of how to best manage the restaurant. So maybe you ask a question, was your food properly prepared? Now I'm tracking my kitchen efficiency. Uh, they say they give a yes or a no answer. We get a percentage of that yes or no. Typically, let's say it's it's uh, 90% yes. Well, why was it 70% on Thursday? Who was the chef on Thursday? Who was cooking on Thursday? So these are things you can track in our system. Same thing with the bar. We track you know, your kitchen efficiency, your bar efficiency, your server's efficiency. We give you reporting that lets you know when you need to schedule your servers for the next week, who your best servers are based on your customer feedback, allowing you to put your best servers on your best times and your best sections. So those are things that we do with our data. And I think that's awesome because it's important for the manager on duty to be able to react in real time to these reviews coming in, especially if they're if they're negative. They that can be mitigated immediately, you know, at the table or before they get out to the car. And therefore, um, that person isn't going to leave you a bad review on social media. So that that's awesome. Let me We've dig got in. a great quote from the uh, Outback, uh, no, actually, the Outriggers in New Smyrna Beach. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they're a user of ours. They have all kinds of that. Uh, great responses from that. And, he, and that's the quote that he's given us that we use in our marketing. And then all the talk of the town restaurants are the uh, fish bones and, and, um, and all those restaurant moonfish and all those good, great restaurants use that exact solution I'm talking about. So if you ever go there and you're curious to see if you can manage a response, if you hit a poor rating, someone will show up at your table. <laughs> that's funny. Actually, that's great. It's not funny. It's, it's awesome that you have the technology to be able to do that. When we were talking about the device itself, as far as different payment methods, did you mention um, anything about Apple Pay or Android Pay? So, yeah. So, again, we're, we're, we think we're going to leapfrog this solution at, at, in a contact, excuse me, contactless NFC world, just for the fact that if, if it's really not contactless, right, we went through all of that. There are some things that go into those where you can use those wallets still by paying on your phone. If you have that wallet on your phone and you hit our QR code and you go through our web solution, you can use that wallet to pay. That's not an issue. What we also see is, and I think we've talked about this before, is the fact that I don't think the merchant or the restaurant understands the fact that when you take a web payment, which is a card not present payment, that increases your interchange rates and that can cost anywhere from a half a basis point or more on, on some cards. And so that can really affect your, your overall cost of over uh, for pro- card, credit card processing. And these are not table safe issues. They're not even our competitors issue. These are, you know, card brand interchange thought process because the card brands still see Apple wallet and, and Google wallets and Samsung wallets as card present transactions, even though I believe they're more secure, they see them as a higher risk transaction. And then the interchange changes based on the card. And so we do educate our customers on the fact that using QR code payments or web payments or any kind of non-card present payment is going to cost you more interchange. And I don't get that. Why? I would think the Apple transaction, the Android transaction would be the most secure possible method of payment. If somebody can explain that to me that's listening to the show, I would love to hear your feedback because I don't think those should be card not present transactions and be paying a higher rate for that. That just 
completely boggles my mind. We totally agree. That is a, um, you know, either the National Restaurant Association or somebody in our sphere needs to go and have a conversation with the card brands about changing the way they, they look at these. And that's, that is a process that needs to go higher, higher up and talk to Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express directly and talk about how we handle interchange with wallets. Because you're correct, it is the most secure way of paying not card present because you've got biometrics probably on your phone. You've got you know all the CVV and everything's been uh, loaded in beforehand. You've already confirmed the cardholder is the cardholder. And so we think that's a, a wrongful interpretation of a car not present transaction and you know i don't know how best to handle that but that's the game we play in right now so tim you know you're here in central florida as, as well as i am and as the restaurants are reopening and we're talking contactless we're touching talking touchless what are you seeing as some of the reopening trends from a technology perspective yeah that's a really mixed bag right so um you know, at, at this point, people are very interested in our product. Uh, we've been doing a lot of marketing and, and we've got some articles on FSR magazine and Hospitality Technology magazine. And, and, and people are coming to us and saying, wow, this is a great product. And, and they want to adopt it. The opposite part of this is happening is that they're also struggling because they have been closed. And so their cash is tight. And so adopting technology right now is the wrong time, even though they need it so. And so we're working with customers to, to do, you know, special flexible financing things and working with them to try to figure that out. But reopenings, you know, whether depending on the county and the city and the state that you live in is almost a unique thing. And so we're adapting to that. We're, um, as TableSafe goes, our volumes are about a little less than half of what, what we were before COVID back in December, let's just say. And, and uh, we see those trends being in Florida and in Texas and in, in the Carolinas. Um, but, you know, there's a lot. Of, the Northeast is still very, very tight. Um, I think Chicago is coming around. The Northwest is starting to get to 50 percent occupancy. And those restaurants, we feel for them because they're they're having to make decisions of 50 percent occupancy. Are they going to go at that level um, or are they going to wait for a higher level? And, and what we're trying to do is help them in the meantime take care of the customers, keep everybody safe at the table, have cards, stay with the customer, have things not touched as much and, and keep a, keep a positive attitude on a payment being not a uh, health risk. To your point about companies struggling with implementing technology right now, I think when the dust settles, I honestly believe this, that the companies that took the time to truly make a difference right now and put that technology in place and rapidly implement it, there is going to be a dividing line between uh, restaurants that survive and restaurants that don't. And I think the ones that are introducing this new technology to help with efficiencies, to help with contactless, touchless, those are going to be the ones that survive. And obviously I want all restaurants to survive, but we're, we're in a different place right now. And, and there's going to be some reality to decisions that have been made by executive teams. I think you're correct on that, Skip. Uh, the catalyst of COVID is going to get us out of this mentality of the way we've done payments for 30 years and get us forward. And like I said before, nowhere else in the world does anybody take your credit card out of your hand other than a restaurant in the United States. And that has to change. 
only for the safety of the guests for the COVID side, the protection of the brand for being breached or all the encryption and tokenization that we do. And all those things that help the restaurant be more efficient is just going to help them long-term. I actually see this as early POS adoption when we're, we were trying to talk about cash registers versus touchscreen POS systems. And I was there. I remember teaching and educating customers on, hey, uh, here's a guest check. Here's all the errors on it. I did, I did a check last night and you had you know, $35 in errors. You could take $35 a day and multiply and you could already bought my POS system. So those are the same things we're doing with the payment at the table with TableSafe because the efficiencies have an ROI that pay, your, pay themselves back in six to eight months. And, and from there on out, your efficiencies grow. And so we're, we're educating restaurants on that ROI. And I know it's tough in an environment where you have to have the cash up front to do that, but we also have other other ways of financing it too. So those are that's my 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 goal. I feel like I'm a table safe evangelist every day. And I go out there and try to educate restaurants um, on all things payments and how we can do this the better way and efficiently. So let me ask you, we were talking about reopening. Let me talk about your current dining habits. Do you and by the way, that we're recording this uh, podcast uh, well in advance of it actually airing, so times may have changed by this by the time the show <laughs> is broadcasted. But um, do you feel comfortable dining in in a restaurant or maybe outdoors, or you only do curbside delivery? What, where are you at on that whole decision making process with yourself? So it's funny. I, I went out to dinner last night with a couple. We sat indoors, and we uh, we are friends of ours, and um, so we went to dinner like a normal normal day. Uh, for the four of us, uh, that was that was last night. Uh, my wife and I we went to Charleston, South Carolina, from Florida uh, last weekend, and um, we were able to you know do our thing. And now I will say that um, wearing a mask is important when you can't socially distance. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't wear a mask. Uh, we when you're eating, it's difficult to wear a mask. I think uh, we have a uh, you know we. We have a fine line of protecting the other person around us. And if wearing a mask is important to them, you should wear a mask as well because it could be important to you. And so, but in a dining environment, I think eating and, and, and at a restaurant is, is important to me because I want to support the industry. And so we're going as a family and going to restaurants. I probably eat out multiple times a week just to do it. Um, but uh, we're, we're moving through and trying to keep, the progress of keeping the restaurants open, I think is important. You just said something that just haunted me. You said you went out with another couple, like to a restaurant, like normal, like we used to do yeah. it. It just seems so yeah. odd to me at this point. <laughs> oh, all right. So close things out here and I'm going to throw you off because I didn't prep you with this question, but if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, conch salad from Southport Wall Bar in, in, in Fort, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've been going to, to Southport Raw Bar, my wife and I, since, oh gosh, way over 25 years, 28 years probably. Um, we, yeah. used, we used to work in cruise ships down there and at night we would get off the ships and then we'd come into the Southport Raw Bar and I absolutely love that place. But ironically enough, I've never had the conch salad there before. Now you have to try it. It's Bahamian style. It is phenomenal. It, uh, it's fresh. It's zesty as uh, vegetables and conch, and it's a little tomato base 
And uh, one of my good friends from high school uh, is a bartender there. So go see Matt Cunningham and well, enjoy your time down there. Yeah. And say hi to Buddy. Buddy's the owner. And please, anybody who's yes. never been to Southport Raw Bar and you're in Fort Lauderdale, you have to do it. It's a little dive bar. It's right on the intercoastal. Absolutely beautiful. Maybe a little warm to sit outside during the summertime, but they got misters and it's just a gorgeous place to go. And they have the best clam chowder in the world. I guarantee you've never had better clam chowder. Tim, thank you so much for joining me here today. This is awesome. You had some great insights and I appreciate you coming on and and sharing your thoughts with us. If somebody wants to contact you and learn more about TableSafe, how can they do that? Um, You can uh, call me, uh, 321-356-9074, or feel free to reach out to me via email at tlockhart, so T-L-O-C-K-H-A-R-T at tablesafe.com and happy to have a conversation about your restaurant. Tim, thanks once again. Please stay safe and stay healthy out there. And I look forward to talking and catching up with you again soon. Great, Skip. Thank you so much. That was some good stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Now, if you'd like to comment about anything on this show or have any questions or any other show in general, you can do so by reaching our comment hotline, and dialing 954-302-0851. You can also go to our website at skipkimple.com. There you will find show notes for this show and every single show that I've done thus far. You can also get information in those show notes about TableSafe. Um, I'll include some links there and some other information. So make sure you go check that out. You can always reach me at Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, pretty much wherever you need to reach me, I should be there. Now, this Thursday, I actually have a special bonus episode for all of you. We will uh, take a little bit of a break from our contactless series, and I will be talking to Brett Kruger, who is a boutique hotel developer. Now, we're going to have a little discussion about technology that he uses in his properties to really enhance the guest experience, and he will also shed some light into how restaurants should be dealing with their landlords during this time of financial strain. So a show you don't want to miss, once again, just two days from now on Thursday, uh, we're going to have this bonus episode. And next Tuesday, don't worry, we are going to get back into our regularly released show, and that is going to be part six of our contactless payment series, where we'll be talking to Rom Krupp from OneDine. Now, many of you know Rom and know how brilliant this guy is, and I make my personal guarantee for you that right here, right now, you will be enlightened by what he has to say. He is a true rock star in the restaurant technology industry, and I can't wait to share the information with you. And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends.